We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So some inconsistent play in the middle of Baltimore's defense has some people suggesting that the front office should be in the market for an inside linebacker trade. Yeah, the trade talk ramps up as former first-round pick Patrick Queen has received a whole lot of criticism for his play so far this season. I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, October 5th, and this is your morning Ravens vault. We've spoken at length about John Harbaugh's fourth down call in Sunday's loss to Buffalo, but we haven't taken a deep dive into the execution by Lamar Jackson and the offense on that specific play. We'll turn to former head coach Mike Martz for a breakdown. Plus, we know the first couple of days of the week during football season are typically designed for media overreaction. ESPN's Dan Graziano may have done exactly that, overreact about the Ravens' defense. Or did he? We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, which is now on YouTube, where you get the most important Ravens news in just 15 minutes. Bobby, a major topic of conversation through four weeks of Ravens football has been the defense and its lack of consistency from the top down. That noise seems to be getting louder and louder by the week. Sarah, the fact is, is that as a unit, Baltimore has allowed 1,261 yards passing so far. And as of right now, as we tape this, that ranks 32nd, dead last league wide. And while Lamar Jackson's offense deserves some blame for going cold turkey and not putting up a single point in Sunday's second half against the Bills, Mike McDonald's unit was reeling and in a big way. I think these stats, courtesy of Good Morning Football, matter of fact, tell the story pretty well. Buffalo's first five drives consisted of just three points, 63 total yards, three first downs, and two giveaways. The Bills' last five drives, though, 20 points, 263 total yards, 19 first downs, and clean football. No turnovers. While it wasn't anything nearly as dramatic as what we saw unfold in the second half against the Miami Dolphins, it definitely wasn't a shut-the-lights-off kind of performance either, which allowed Buffalo to hang around 
or what felt like forever. And Bobby, for the purpose of this conversation, let's highlight the middle part of Baltimore's defense specifically. Yeah, Sarah, the Athletics' Jeff Zarebic, that's what he did in his most recent piece. Matter of fact, he thinks there's just as much of a glaring need at inside linebacker right now as there is at outside linebacker. And the latter has obviously been much more discussed in recent months. Yeah, and there has been some holes there in the middle of the defense. So what kinds of options does Baltimore's front office have at this point? Well, for starters, the Ravens are still actively working out linebackers. They brought in Harvey Lange on Tuesday, who was recently let go by the Patriots. But Sarah, the league's trade deadline is set for November 1st. And as Zarebeck suggested in his piece, you have to imagine that GM Eric DaCosta will be at least poking around the market for who might be available should the team's issues at linebacker continue. And Bobby, Patrick Queen, now he's been under fire by a certain percentage of this fan base in recent weeks. Do you feel like this criticism has been warranted? So while part of me feels like he's been an easy target when it comes to criticism, Sarah, the bottom line is he hasn't been able to cash in on the kinds of plays that, let's just be honest, they have to be made. It's now been back-to-back weeks that Queen has dropped breadbasket kinds of would-be interceptions that were literally thrown directly to him. On top of those that he obviously wants back, and as Zarebek also noted, Queen's splash plays that he's delivered in small doses over the last couple of years have been nowhere to be found. Whether it's been taking a poor angle in space, getting caught in the wash when defending the run, or even losing his footing in coverage from time to time, the Ravens expect a lot more from their former first-round selection, and I don't really think there's anything groundbreaking about that statement. Yeah, it's crazy talking about all this. It makes me think back to the offseason when the Ravens had all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner in for a visit, and he reportedly turned down an offer with more guaranteed money so that he could go play in his hometown. Uh, he'd sure be helpful right about now. But still coming here on the vault, former NFL head coach Mike Martz gives his perspective on what went wrong for Lamar Jackson on the failed fourth down conversion Sunday at the bank. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, we've dissected John Harbaugh's fourth down decisions from every possible angle at this point. But what we haven't done is really break down the execution of the play itself or, in this case, lack thereof, right? 
Yeah. Right. Well, and for me, I was hesitant to give a full analysis, Bobby, until we got a look at it with the all 22 tape, which we now have. And before that, all we had seen is that Devin DuVernay was wide. And I mean, wide open in the back of the end zone. And we had also seen that Lamar Jackson had pressure bearing down on him. But what was unclear to me was whether Jackson and DuVernay had the opportunity to connect prior to the pressure. Well, Bobby, now we have a clear look. And there indeed was time before the pressure ensued. Former St. Louis Rams head coach Mike Martz did a film breakdown on the 33rd team. Listen to this. So everybody's talking about the Bills-Ravens game and the, and the last play for the Ravens down in the red zone about the three-yard line and the uh, decision to go for it. Let's take a look at it. I think it's a pretty good call. For some reason, Lamar comes up and looks to the left. He's got nothing over there, realizes it, and then comes back and tries to get back over to the right side, but by then it's too late. What they have on the right side is exactly what you want for this coverage, a red zone cover two. So they switch release. The outside receiver releases inside and pushes up, and what you want is get leverage on the safety, and it's perfect. He's got about two yards of leverage on the safety, pushes up and goes right to the corner, and there's a big hole out there on the flag. It should just be pitching catchy. He could throw that on his fifth step, fourth or fifth step, pull up real quick and get it out there. I don't question the call to go for it. And uh, I, I really felt like Tarboff thought they're going to have to score a touchdown to win this game. I think he's right. They had the perfect play on. They had a great call over the right side, but they just didn't execute. For some reason, Lamar either panicked or just misread the coverage and just didn't execute. Yeah, good informative stuff there from Martz. But really quick, Sarah, did I hear him say that nothing was open on the left when Lamar first looked? I thought Mike Davis, if memory serves, was open on that side of the field. Yeah, he was, but he wasn't at the time that Lamar looked right when the ball was snapped. Davis hadn't even left his initial stance yet at that point, and his back was turned. I'm not sure if he was sticking around for potential help on protection or it was just to design late release, but he wasn't an option when Jackson first looked. He later was, like we said, and I do wonder how that would have looked, how that route would have been run if it was Justice Hill or J.K. Dobbins out there. But as we know, Hill was hurt and J.K. Dobbins was kept on a pitch count. But more importantly than all that, the thing that I found that was most compelling was when Martz pauses the film to show when DuVernay initially breaks open. Martz zoomed in on the video into DuVernay at the moment to show how much space he had in front of him. And with the film still paused, he shifted the zoom of the video over to Lamar and the line. And the protection was still holding up at that point. So there was definitely a missed opportunity to hit DuVernay. That said... It was probably a split second later that the protection on the outside broke down. And that's where, in my view, Jackson made another mistake. Instead of drifting back to buy time and throwing the ball off his back foot, which, as we all know, resulted in a pick, QBs are taught to step up at the pocket. And Jackson has done that many times in the past. In fact, he had just put on a clinic of stepping up in the pocket on a play during this very drive that got them down to the two-yard line in the first place. So had Jackson stepped up again on this play, I guess I can't say for sure that he would have connected for a score, though I think he would have. 
But at the very least, I'm confident that he wouldn't have thrown that interception. And Sarah, we should also point out that the Ravens were actually shorthanded on the play, right? Like they had just lost running back Justice Hill and top wide receiver Rashad Bateman to injuries. That certainly didn't help Jackson in the position that he was in. But anyway, one last thing before we close. What are your thoughts on the play call itself from Greg Roman? (laughs) I thought it was a great play. It was perfect for the defensive look they got. They had open receivers. And there is one popular narrative, which is that Roman shouldn't have had Jackson drop straight back and instead should have given him an RPO. Or maybe they should have just run the ball again, which I don't know why you would. They just got stuffed. And I think the RPO, I think that's a weak argument. Lamar Jackson is an MVP player. And he is perfectly capable as a pocket passer. I'm not a fan of people arguing one moment that he's a legit passer And then the next moment, suggesting that he can't complete a play like this. Listen, he's done it plenty of times. He'll do it again. He didn't get it done on this one play. But that doesn't mean he can't. This happens. He'll be just fine. I'm not going to overreact to this one time he didn't get it done. And I do appreciate Jackson himself saying the execution just wasn't there. I was fine with it, you know, because if we would have executed that, we would have scored a touchdown. That one didn't be no question right now, you know. Nobody won't be disappointed. Next time we'll get it. All right, Bobby. We both know how it goes on Mondays and Tuesdays during football season, right? These days are literally designed for overreactions in the media world. Oh, yeah. We know it well. And this week certainly has been no exception up until this point. Listen to this from Tuesday morning on ESPN. The Ravens have lost two games this year. They had a 17-point lead in the second half of both of them. So if I were to say the Ravens' defense is going to keep them from winning the Super Bowl, would that be an overreaction? It is not an overreaction. They have to get some things fixed on that defense. Those two blown leads were against other AFC contenders. You get to the end of the season, you're talking about playoff seeding. That that stuff matters. The Ravens are not putting themselves in a good position to, to, to set themselves up for the playoffs right now by blowing these leads. And if they can't find answers between now and the postseason, they're not likely to last. All right, and that was a snippet from Mike Greenberg and Dan Graziano's discussion. But Bobby, where do you stand here? Is this an overreaction? Sarah, I honestly don't know how I could sit here, given what Baltimore's defense has put on tape over a sample size of four weeks so far, and tell you that the statement they're presenting is an overreaction. While Baltimore's defense is taking the ball away at an elite rate, they haven't proven to be consistent or reliable enough for four quarters yet. By the way, they are tied for the league lead in the turnovers department with 10 through four games, so... Hey, that's phenomenal and refreshing to see after last season's struggles. I mean, for context, the defense had 15 takeaways combined all of last year, so that's encouraging. But Sarah, the bottom line is that you have to be able to defend the pass in today's high-flying NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals are now coming to town for primetime football this weekend, and I think we all remember what Joe Burrow and company did to Baltimore secondary in 2021. Yes, it was a different team and a depleted roster, but we've unfortunately seen some of those same issues in coverage specifically carry over to this year. And at the end of the day, whether it's the Bengals, Browns, Steelers, or you name the team, that kind of play doesn't typically set teams up for late January success and sure as heck puts a ton of added pressure 
on Lamar Jackson's offense, which is what we saw play out in the second half against Buffalo. And before we jump, some other quick news items you need to know. Beginning with the Ravens announcing Tuesday that Nelly will perform at halftime of their AFC North showdown with the Cincinnati Bengals at M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday night. And it has everyone wondering, Bobby, if Ray Lewis will make a special appearance with his signature squirrel dance. Also, the stats are in for rookie tackle Daniel Falele's first NFL start. He participated in 43 pass-blocking snaps and allowed zero sacks. Of course, the Ravens gave help to Falele with chip shots from Patrick Ricard and others, but that's still very impressive for a rookie that never played left tackle before during his college career while going up against Von Miller in his very first start. Elsewhere, Calais Campbell posted a close-up video of Odafe Owe trying to punch the ball out of Bills running back Devin Singletary's hands just before Buffalo kicked that game-winning field goal. And it made the loss sting just a little bit more because Owe was ridiculously close to punching the ball out. Campbell posted the video with this caption. Look how close this was to being a fumble. Wow, Odafe Owe almost won us the game. And finally, the Ravens are three-point home favorites against the Bengals per Caesar Sports. Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. We can also be reached by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And as of last month, the Ravens Vault podcast is now available on YouTube. Consider subscribing to our channel ahead of week five. All you have to do is simply search Ravens Vault podcast on YouTube. And that's all the time we've got today, but we will be back Thursday morning with the Ravens news you need to know. If you or someone you know is interested in advertising in our podcast, hit us up at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. But as always, thank you for listening to the Ravens Vault. Ravens Vault.